Uh, so welcome to Are You Still Watching? Uh, I'm Irene. And I'm Emily. The premise of this podcast is that we roll a dice uh, and whatever number it lands on between 1 and 10, uh, we have to watch the current show in the Netflix top 10 that is at that number. Um, so this week we rolled a dice and we got the number 3 and we watched the... Secrets of the Saqqara Tomb. Not something that I think I would watch normally. No, I thought it was um, fictional and I wouldn't watch a fictional movie, but it's a documentary. So, um, yeah, we took a look. Yeah, no, that's right. So the the synopsis for it on Netflix uh, is after unearthing a tomb that had been untouched for 4,400 years, Egyptian archaeologists attempt to decipher the history of the extraordinary find. Uh, it was directed by James Tovell and released in 2020. Uh, and it was also an hour and 54 minutes long, which is quite long, but I did finish it. So did I. Yeah, yep. very good. So there will be spoilers in this discussion. We should be pretty upfront about that. Yeah. But our general feeling is if for for a lot of people, I feel like this probably wouldn't be a number one. Yeah, I'll watch that, right? Mm -mm. So if you weren't going to watch it and we accidentally spoil something, then hey, you know, no harm, no foul. You probably were never going to watch it anyway. Mm. And now you know a little bit more about the tombs of Saqqara than you did before. Mm. It might inspire you to go and watch it It might too. inspire you to go and watch it as well. And if you were going to watch it, then I trust your discretion to pause this podcast, go watch it, and then come back and listen to what <laughs> we have to say about it afterwards. So that's the, that's your invitation. Like, now's the time. Hit pause, go away, and then come back later. So Secret of the Saqqara Tomb. Um, I mean, do you want to have a go at telling people what this was about? Sure thing. It's, well, it's a documentary. <laughs> That's so, a good place to start. But it kind of shows the process on um, unearthing some ancient Egyptian relics from a site cool. in the Egyptian desert. I can't quite remember where it is. It's called the Bubastaeon Necropolis, which is, oh, I wrote this down somewhere, yes. it's like... Only a little bit away from the oldest step pyramid in Egypt, oh, which I think yeah. is the actual Saqqara step pyramid. Maybe right. I might be wrong about that. That is yeah. coming back to me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, and I didn't know this when I wore like before I watched this. I found this out when I watched, but um, it, the government issues like grants, and you have like a season to unearth you know, as much as you can um, in a period of time um, while you've, you've still got your grant. And then once it's done, it's done. And if your grant gets renewed, then, you know, it happens. And if not, you have to shut up shop and, like, secure everything and then hope that you can come back. Like, it's not a guarantee that you're coming back. And so I think they started it with a countdown. It might have been, mm, it was like, eight weeks or something till D-Day. And then um, it kind of... They had freshly found this this tomb and um, they, yeah, were kind of on the clock as to how long they had to find all the artefacts and, and to uncover as much as they could um, 
before their grant ran out. Yeah, yeah, mm. no, that's right. So, yeah, so they had just found the tomb of, I wrote it down, Whitey. <clears throat> I've pronounced that totally wrong, but, you know. I feel like it was, like, Wati. Wati, yeah, yeah. No, that might be yeah. closer, but, I was going to say, I don't know, but... I'm also very convinced that I have also pronounced it wrong. So, so um, yeah. So, so the story opens with them having just found the tomb of Wati in the Bubasteon. I've also mispronounced that, I'm sure. Necropolis, mm. um, which, as I understand it, was um, one of the biggest finds for you know a very long time. Like mm. the the Bubasteon Necropolis is this. Um, uh, sort of well-known archaeological site, I think, when it comes to sort of, you know, archaeology in Egypt. And mm. they, they had known for quite some time that there were, like, animal cults that used to run out of that space. Yeah. And so I think they've probably, like, they didn't go into it in the documentary, but I'm sure that in the past they've had finds there of things like animal burial mounds and things mm. that sort of point at the fact that it used to be, you know, this thriving sort of place where priests would, you know, Mm. worship the gods um mm. <clears throat> and they found this tomb of wati which is like really well preserved like yeah it was ridiculous the, when yeah. they went in there i was expecting like really um like in ruins but it was like very pristine and yeah several it was cool. several times in my notes i literally wrote down that artifact or that you know <laughs> hieroglyph hieroglyphic writing or whatever mm. looks too good to be real right like yeah like the movies have set me up so that my expectation of these things is mm. that they're sort of like really old looking and really faded and probably so broken you can't really tell what they used to be but most of the things they found mm. were like actually in really good shape mm. like i think the one that shocked me the most was they in the, around the middle of the whole piece, they dug up the wooden coffin. Yeah. And the, the paint on that was still so vibrant. Mm, like, it was really quite spectacular. And, like, even when they were digging up these random little tiny statues and, like, all these other, like, random things, they found um, a mummified large cat and it had this face painted on it. But it was like it had been drawn on with a Sharpie. Yeah. I was like, there is no way I've just pulled that out of the desert after four and a half thousand so years. And I was like, hmm. My, yep. my drawings on things don't last half as long. <laughs> yeah, and they weren't even using a Sharpie. Like, I, know. I know. Yeah, it was crazy. But yeah, yeah I yeah. I think what I had built up in my mind was more like actually properly wrecked and like mm-hmm. really trying to like figure out what this is like oh this could be something or oh we can't really see the face on this thing like i wonder what it used to be but it was actually like oh this is a statue of this god and this is what it says it's like a thing that this person used to own and now they don't and we found it (laughs) yeah no and i think like i actually also was shocked by like there were a lot of hieroglyphs sort of Mm. throughout the thing like so the Wati's tomb is just like covered in hieroglyphic Mm. writing and every so often they'd also unearth these artifacts like these little statuettes Mm. and like cats and things and they'd have like writing all around the outside of the plinth and things Mm. and and I don't know I I think I had in my head like this sort of like sense that we 
couldn't really easily read hieroglyphics or something. Oh, no. Just strolling like, in and yeah. like... <laughs> yeah. And they like uncovered this, it must have been like the top of a door or something. And they're like brushing it away with the paintbrush. And then the guy's like, oh, yeah, this says, yeah. here lies whoever or like whatever it was. Like, <laughs> I was like, that's a very, very old, old language and an old way of communicating. But you speak it fluently and you seem to know what you're on about. As long as you know where the bird is and what ways the bird's facing. I love that. You, you know which way to read from, whether it's left to right or right to left or up to down. Yeah. That, yeah, it yeah. is crazy. Although it did, it did blow my mind. So for those of you who don't know much about ancient Egyptian writing, which I didn't when I watched this, there was this nice little segment in the middle where like one of the, the women translating the writing on the walls mm. of Whitey's tomb explains, you, you find the bird. So they'll put the bird in the writing somewhere. And I, I can't recall, but I think if it's facing a certain way, <coughs> they give a go at reading the writing in that direction. Yeah. But, like, the ancient Egyptians just, yeah, like, they were too special to have a single standard way of writing. Yeah. <laughs> so and they go whichever direction they felt like it at the time. I, yeah, and I think it comes down to a lot, like, the space on which they were writing. So if they had lots of space or if they only had, like, a little tiny section and they might could only put them, you know... Mm. Um, vertically, then that was what they did. But mm. yeah, if you, if the bird was facing to the left, then he started at the left. If mm. the bird was facing to the right, then he started at the right. But mm. you could find the bird in the middle, mm-hmm. and so if you tried to read it the wrong way, mm. and it was like if it was facing the opposite direction, opposite direction to which he started, you wouldn't find the bird mm-hmm. until you got to the middle, mm-hmm. and then you're like, well. That was a waste of time. None of that made sense. And no wonder, because I'm reading it backwards. Right, the other way. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's right. And so I think, yeah, no, it it surprised me on a lot of fronts, actually, around the dig, what they found, all of that sort of stuff. But I suppose, like, yeah, in terms of in terms of the plot, you sort of spoke a bit about that when you were sort of introducing the piece, like the driving sort of, like, dilemma or, like, you know, tension throughout the whole documentary is this idea of, you know, like they've just made this huge discovery of Wattie's tomb. They're pretty convinced that there are other discoveries to be made Mm -hmm. in the same area. Um, But the government is saying to them, no, you know, Ramadan's coming in six to eight weeks or whatever it was. Mm. And when it comes, you're going to have to shut up shop, you know, just mm, close, yeah, close the doors. What you've gathered is what you've got, basically. You know, um, but yeah, you don't, you don't get another go around. Or it's, it's, you know, it, as they started the whole documentary, it was very unsure that mm. they'd get another another season, mm. and and it was sort of confirmed fairly early on that unless they found something, they probably wouldn't. Yeah, and like I think, based on um, watching it, like. If you don't make a major discovery, you're pretty well done. And, like, it seemed like they, early in the season, they'd made some really significant ones, but yeah. they really needed one more, like, really big thing to kind of come and nail it home yeah. to kind of, like, justify, coming, justify back. coming back. And they were on the clock. And so... And you can see why, right? Because over the course of the documentary, like, so this documentary followed them the all the weeks leading mm. up to Ramadan. Yeah. And in that time they did basically do everything they needed to do to like translate all the text on Wahi's walls mm. to dig to dig down and actually pull out his skeleton and the skeleton mm. of his family members. Mm. 
Um, and so like, you know, the government was right. Like, unless they found something else, they didn't really need more time for what they had. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But they were like, they really had their skates on there at the end. Like, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> like, they were like, yeah. we want to come back. We know there's more in this hill. Like, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. um, spoiler alert, like this yeah. is fairly early on in the piece, <laughs> but, um, towards the end, it might've been in like the last couple of days, they kind of get the hurry up. They're like, actually, yeah. you don't have the rest of this week. You only have two more days. And that afternoon, they've kind of like discovered this random hole in this cliff. And then they look in and there's like all these things in there. And then they're like, oh my God, we've done it. We've done it. We've found something else. <laughs> that was a good moment. And, then, and I was like, yes, they've done it. <laughs> I was really excited for them. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and then they kind of are like trying to wrap up and stuff. But then they seem to be like bolting up all these doors. And then they're like, oh my God. We found this wall in this hill and they like uncover it and there's like hieroglyphics and they're like, oh, I bet you there's another way to get in. So then they like dig through another hole and then they look in there and they're like, there's more amazing things. And that's where it ends. That's it. <laughs> and that's it broke my heart. Me. I was like, but that looks like it's so cool. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, yeah. So. No. And that like, I, I, I liked the ending. I thought it was really good. Mm. And I, I think like, yeah. So I think obviously the huge sort of question over the whole thing was this idea of, you know, do we get to figure out more of the secrets of these tombs, you know, like, Mm. um, but there also was this idea through the whole piece that was around like, what secrets do the things that we've already found Mm. sort of hold, you Mm. know? And I have to say the other thing that really got to me towards the end was like, you've spent this whole like hour, 54 minutes basically with like this man, Wathi, who like lived Mm. 4,400 years ago. So we're talking someone who lived, you know, like, like that, that's inconceivable to me, right? Mm. Like I can just about imagine 2,000 years ago, right, mm. when Christ walked the I was going to say, you can imagine then... <laughs> Jesus, but I can't remember. Like... You know, like, we're talking that same amount of time and yeah. more, again, back the other way, yeah. right? We're talking about, like, Jesus trying to remember Wati. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. And so, like, you've spent this whole episode trying to get your head around him and his life. And, and it's interesting, right, because, like, they, they did a few things, I thought, that really cleverly helped illustrate who Wati was and what his life might have been like. Like, mm. you know, it, it, like, it's, to me, the sort of, like, place it was, you know, like, the geography of the space was fascinating because, like, you're at this tomb that's in this desert but it's just outside this massive oasis city, right? Like, mm. like literally, like they drove down yeah. a road at one point and you could see the left-hand side of the road was like lush palm trees mm. and sort of like, you know, green fields. Yeah. And the right-hand side was just sand. Like, that's mm. all there was. It was just sand. Yeah. And at one point, they, you know, after they'd given you a chance to look at all of the inscriptions and the pictures on the walls of Wadi's tomb, the foreman at the dig site... you sort of went home and the camera crew obviously went with him and Mm. followed and he walked the camera crew around this like farmland Mm. that I think he and his family I was going to say I thought it was his family farm and they literally harvest palm fronds like off the trees and I mean I don't I can't understand why like I don't know what the market for palm fronds is in Egypt 
Oh, good point. Yeah. Yep, no, yeah. great point. So, like, um, I think so. But he was walking around this farm, and you were watching people operate on this farm. Like he himself said it. Like we just use the old ways of farming these things. Mm. Like we climb the palm trees, we hack at them with an axe, we come yep. down. Like we use donkeys. We yeah, use I was going to say like, like, we whack it in the cart, yeah. and the donkey drags it off. Yeah, like, yeah. And so, so he was like, every picture that's on that wall of wahis, I get because that's my life. And mm. it was super powerful because you were, you know, you followed him walking around his farm and you were like, mm. yeah, like I can, I can picture what the life of this man 4,400 years ago was. Mm. But it was interesting, right? Because like there was this sort of like story to it all where they sort of were like all the pictures on Wahi's tomb were like super positive, right? Like mm. this was a beautiful life, right? This yeah. was the life of a powerful man who had it mm. all, who, you know, had all the oxen he could want. <laughs> yeah. Know, sort of he had a big pile of palm fronds too, <laughs> yeah, I bet. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, and so, and so like, it, it was interesting actually, because the other big story throughout this whole piece, right, was the, the sort of slow realisation that the pictures painted on Wahi's wall were the dreams that he had for yeah. the life that he wanted in the afterlife because yeah. his actual life wasn't that, Yeah, you know? Because yeah. in the process of digging up his tomb, they found, you know, that he had four children who all basically died around the same time yeah. uh, and were buried together in sort of like mm. essentially a mass grave. They just put, yeah. you know, his wife and a young girl in one grave and all and the three boys the in the mother. other. Yeah, yeah, and the mother. Yeah. Yep. They died yep. at the same time too, and, by the looks of things. And that's right. And they did some tests on, on him and the children. And they they think that what happened was the family got malaria mm. and died. And so at the end, they go through and they like give all these facts. But they think it was the very first documented case of malaria ever. Like much, by, much... By like a factor of a thousand yeah, by, years. Yeah, by like, like a thousand yeah, years. Yeah. And... Um, and like when the anthropologist was going through and like looking at the bones and she's like, oh, you know, these bones kind of have swelling on them. Like they don't quite, you know, yeah. line up properly. Like, and I was kind of thinking, well, you know, maybe he had like some kind of deformity or maybe like, you know, like, I don't know if he was deficient in something, but yeah, no, it was really interesting. Like I did not see that coming at no. the end. No. And I think like, yeah, it, like it was interesting, right? Because I, I love history. Mm. I, I love history, and I've done you know like a history degree. Mm. But I never really loved ancient history, right? Mm. Like you know, I um. But this really brought back to me. This brought back to me why in like year three in like primary school or whatever, mm. I loved the topic on ancient Egypt. Mm. You know, me too. I I haven't I haven't really done a lot of thinking about ancient Egypt since mm. then. I'd almost say, but like this, I was watching it. I was like, yeah, no, mm. they lived an interesting life. Mm. Yeah, I was kind of the same. I I really enjoy history. Haven't done a history degree, but um, <laughs> I. I loved historical fiction, like yeah. reading that as a child, and yeah. I was super into Egyptology, and I loved it. And um, when I was younger, we went to the museum, and I don't remember whether it was in Canberra or whether it was in Sydney, but yeah. um, 
you know, we sent it to exhibition. We nearly got kicked out because my sister was like screaming. She was a small child and <laughs> wanted to ruin my chances at seeing, <laughs> at seeing these mummies and all these ancient relics and, um, and stuff. But, um, yeah, I was super into it and, yeah. um, yeah. And like, so that kind of brought that back for me as well. Yeah. And I, and I don't know, the things that I had like kind of built up in my head about what an archaeological dig looked like. I was not expecting so many people. Let's be very, very clear about that. <laughs> there was so many people. And, like, I didn't realise how much, no, like, no local... No suits and top hats. No, no. Like, it, <laughs> they I made even... the point, right? Like, this is an all-Egyptian dig, right? Yeah. Like, everyone here is Egyptian. And I thought that was good on them, you yeah. know? Yeah. And I thought it was... And, like, I didn't actually... I don't think I had a picture in my mind of what it really, truly looked like, but... I did not expect that their workforce would be a so many people. Yeah. But like so many Egyptian people, like that would be their yeah. actual work. Like yeah. and you go through the story and um the foreman, he's like, Yep, yep. my father was a foreman, his father before <laughs> him was a foreman, now I'm a foreman, and he's my son, and he's learned how to be a foreman too. And like that like generational you know, connection with the archaeological digs, like, I had no idea about. And so I thought that was really cool. It's interesting, right? Because, like, it's sort of in sharp contrast to here in Australia, right? Like, like in Egypt, archaeology is a sustainable industry, right? Like, there is so much left to be found under the sands, Mm. right? Like, and so many sort of, like, discoveries to be made. And I think here in Australia it's quite different because we have amazing sites mm. with, you know, heritage that goes back 60,000 mm. years or mm. more, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, there's, there's actually, yeah, there's just not the same amount of stuff to be dug up. Mm. Yeah. Know? But, like, the other thing that really shocked me was that at the end when they're, like, showing you some of the statistics and, like, you know, yeah. kind of rounding off some... Um, loose ends and stuff, they actually found, like, 3,000, like, artefacts in that season. Like, that completely, completely floored me. I was like, how did you dig up 3,000 things out of the sand when you didn't even know there was something there, like, before? Like, it just, it was so mind-blowing to me that you could literally walk around there and someone would be like, oh, this looks like a good spot to dig. Let's see what we can find yeah. here. And like, huh, is this like it's just cat statue? Like, yeah. No, oh, I... look, there's a hole in the side of the hill. Yeah, there's like, yeah. you know, all sorts of things in there. It was just, yeah, really unbelievable. I was also surprised by how much they handled the things they found. Like, I don't know, oh, in my head, I They had were this, not careful. I had this idea that as an archaeologist, what you did was you got out the gloves yeah. and you left it where it was for a long time and then maybe you picked it up. But like, yeah, was, they just throw it in yeah, baskets. Yeah. Like. And there was this scene where they found these cats that had been oh, sacrificed to yeah, the, the goddess. Cats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they theorised, I think, that there was a... Um, uh, let me see if I can find it. So there was a temple to Bastet. Yeah. Uh, and so people used to sacrifice cats to her mm. for sort of like good luck and blessings and things like that. Mm. And those sacrificed cats got mummified and yeah. then put in mass burial graves. Yeah. And they found they found one of these mass graves, which I think they dated to being like 600 BC or something like that. Mm. And um, And... 
as they were sort of like they were down in a hole and sort of like crouching and everything to get at them mm. but i sort of assumed they'd leave them there for a day or two and come back oh, and no. gently handle them but instead they, they were just like, down the basket oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's, just, let's just haul these like mummified yeah. cats out of here yeah. right and i was like i was like okay all right mm. but I, as it went on i sort of got it more i was like like yeah you're not hurting it but there's such a wealth of stuff here i was gonna say like you know there was 200 other mummified yeah. cats in that thing. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> one, of it, one of them one disintegrates of in your hands. bit dodgy. You know. like, oh, there's some spares. Like, don't worry about it. But the only thing there yeah, wasn't yeah. spares of was yeah. this big cat they found. Yeah. And it was a lion cub, which oh, yeah. I thought was super fascinating. And they were talking about it and they said, you know, like, we knew that there used to be, like, kitten mills and, like, people would farm kittens and cats mm-hmm. to be, you know sent to the temple to be like killed as offerings and and whatever but the fact that they found a lion are like oh yeah they were, they yeah. were farming lions too and like this lion cub and um and this was the thing that had the um the face you know to, painted onto it that looked like so pristine i'm like you just pulled that out of a dirty hole in the ground <laughs> but it is actually white and you can very clearly see like the long yeah. nose, the yeah. like the shape of a lion's like face on it, and then they were like, "Oh my goodness, there's this like little orange tuft of fur, or this like little you yeah. know sandy blonde tuft of fur." We know what this is because yeah. the bones were so like you know yeah. it wasn't recognizable what it was. I mean, obviously it was a cat, yeah. but yeah, the fact that they identified it as a lion was like yeah. was really interesting. But yeah, I mean that insight into the. Um, like the culture and the society and around that kind of like temple and you know how there would have been you know people contracted to like raise cats and like bring them in and that we'd sell them to the people and here are your offerings and now we're going to mummify them and yeah yeah, I, i found that really interesting yeah i thought that was interesting too and i think like also the insight to the sort of modern day world that's just you know mm. um you know where the archaeologists have this relationship to their past and mm. the history i thought that was fascinating as well i also thought like the the workforce was interesting because I, at the start i mean this is just a bit of an aside but at the start i was sitting there and i was going are there going to be any women in this because there was a lot of men. males to begin. Yeah. And then, but then the women did start appearing. And it was interesting to me that they often appeared in sort of like, you know, they appeared, I think one of them was a linguist or a, you know, mm. a translator for the hieroglyphs. And then the other one was a scientist doing yeah. some research on the bones and things. And, and it was, was interesting when they appeared. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, they weren't there, like, there was just a lot of men and they yeah. were, like, basically labourers. They were just yeah. digging all day. Yeah. And if they found something that they thought was different, that wasn't just dirt, that wasn't just, just a rock, that yeah. wasn't just sand, like, they'd shout out and, you know, then yeah. there'd be you know 20 more men there and they'd have a bit more of a look and yeah yeah but yeah. no the the women that were in there were more like they had like degrees and yeah. they were like well educated yeah. like they weren't just hanging around you know yeah, yeah. It was which, which is interesting and sort of like yeah I, like sort of a bit of an insight i think into the yeah into the culture of egypt today as well mm. yeah yeah no i i enjoyed it at the end mm. it was long like <laughs> I was kind of like, and like, all right, yeah. Let's let's do it. Let's do a like. What what didn't you love about it? Well, I don't even know if this 
was that I didn't love it. Yeah. It was just that it was quite long. And, like, because I think it was so intense with, like, you know, all the discovering and, like, you had to be really engaged the whole time because otherwise you wouldn't be able to follow along because it kind of cut in between, like, you know, one group who were kind of looking at Watu's tomb and um, then there was, like, another group and they're like, oh, well, we found these random things in the ground and um, they were kind of, like, digging up you know statues and stuff and then it would kind of cut to the you know people that were somewhere else and you had to take them to get your things x-rayed and you had to you know take your artifacts to like you know do artifact things i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yep yep technical terms and such yeah, <laughs> yeah you just you were really paying attention <laughs> yeah. no well they were doing stuff they were cataloging and you know yeah <laughs> Good, I know good. how to English. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I was paying a lot of attention and and that, but yeah, no, it was really interesting how, you know, it was all these different like stories going on at the same time, but um yeah. yeah, you just had to be so engaged because you know, I didn't want to miss out on like a crucial piece of the puzzle for Wati because there was this part where they think that um that he's actually stolen the tomb. That yeah. like the tomb wasn't meant for him and so he's stolen the tomb and you know then I was like oh well, I wonder who he stole it off but you know it's interesting because I think the the translator used a phrase when he was talking about what he having stolen the tomb right like mm. he said oh there's a bit of a conspiracy here yeah. and I I maybe wasn't paying total attention oh, at that point see, so I, I was, was like then. I had I had a moment where I was almost like oh conspiracy did someone like fabricate this tomb and like put it there for the <laughs> and yeah. then I realized that what he meant was YT was part of a conspiracy <laughs> to take over the tomb and I was like okay that makes more sense <laughs> yeah see he said conspiracy and I'm like mm, I'm all about a conspiracy yeah. this just Did got interesting resolve that though? like I actually feel like that was um, a loose thread at the end yeah, I can't recall. I don't, I don't think they did, but... And they never found his brother in the tomb. Like, they never found no, the body of his brother. That so, was interesting, too. Yeah. So, I don't know whether... So, the thing that I thought was, hmm, maybe Wati wasn't actually the father. Maybe, or, like, the father figure in the family. Yeah. Maybe he was, like, the brother mm. and... He's stolen his brother's tomb and has been buried with his brother's family, like his brother's children, his brother's wife, and his brother's mother's mother. Oh, oh, that's a theory. I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, see, like I thought he was the imposter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, so he's like, <laughs> yeah, and I think, yeah, I think <laughs> that he has, um, well, I thought that if he wanted to steal the tomb, like the brother's dead, the brother's not going to stop him, the kids and the mother and the you know the mother's mother are dead so he's just gonna swoop in change some hieroglyphics because that was dodgy because they had like some of the hieroglyphics had were deeper and had been carved out and his name his name had been replaced over the top so i think that you know he didn't have a nice tomb and didn't have a family or didn't have something and has dug his brother up and then just put himself down i was gonna say yeah just put himself down there no, it's interesting, right? I mean, they did do a good job, but I felt in the whole thing of explaining why the hieroglyphics and sort of statues yeah. and pictures are there as well, because I don't think we've really talked about that. And I think it's yeah, sort of but the dream. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. The the idea is for for people who don't know, like I didn't know, is 
when when they were building these tombs, the person being buried there wanted to have their story told on the wall in great detail mm. uh, and pictures depicting their life and all sorts mm. of things so that they would get that in the afterlife. Like mm. the idea was that everything on if the walls of the tomb was the truth. Yeah. Even if you had been a bit of a scumbag or if you didn't have these things, yeah. if you put them on the walls, then yeah. that's pretty solid. So, you know, yeah. these are the things that you'd be gifted with in the next life. But I thought it was also really interesting that they didn't seem to be focused on the life they had. Yeah. Like yeah. that was like a side, like the one thing they needed to do was get to the afterlife get a good spot yeah. like get all yeah. the things that they wanted and yeah. you know and the other thing i thought was really cool was how they're talking about the false door yeah, in the yeah. tomb yeah. i was like yeah that's cool because that's the way your spirit or your soul leaves the tomb like through the false door so they've got i think the idea there was a little bit as well that like say you know your mum came by to say hi or whatever and mm. you died or more likely your daughter or something. Oh, yeah. You can come back. Yeah, yeah. You, the you'd door. sit there in your little statue in the false door and have a chat to them. A bit like, I, like I got the feeling that it's like people visiting their parents at the graveside or oh. crematoriums, right? Like families would go and visit these tombs. And yeah, that's interesting. while they're there sort of like talking to you, you could sort of come and sit in the statue that was in that false door and sort of just oh. hear them and have a chat. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. But I think, like, I like yeah, I felt like the brother thing was never actually fully resolved. Like, I like your theory. I'm going to go with your theory. Yeah. So, yeah, so the idea being that Waki, by, like, scratching out his brother's name and putting his own in there, got all the things in the afterlife yeah. that his brother had, like, mm. prearranged, so, so like, to speak. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the thing that I would be, like, really interested to know is, like, I wonder if the brother got paid out in the afterlife. And so, like, if Waki's come in and taken his place and then goes, and then he's, like, been completely stitched up because the brother's already been paid out and he's like, hmm, sorry, you only get one. Yeah, Yeah. just because you've come in and, like, housed yourself here, you're going to get diddly. I like like it. I like it. No, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, they're never going to tell us that because, you know, we can't find out about Waki and his brother. But, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, 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 I I liked it. I felt like it was so I like I felt it was slightly too long. Either that, or it sort of struggled to formulate like a really strong through line. Like mm. you know, I felt like I was more like most engaged in the last twenty minutes. Like as they got yeah. closer to D Day, and you realised that like probably mm. there was something else to be found because mm. like you know, I mean like. Obviously, they didn't show you till the very end, but like the editing is making you feel like, yeah, they're going, yeah, they're going yeah. to find something, they're going to do it, right? Yeah. Like I was most engaged then. I was most engaged at that point when the, you know, the scientists and the archaeologists were talking about what their finding could mean yeah. for, you know, like for the field of Egyptology, for like, mm. you know, our understanding of the past for our understanding of you know this very specific person Waki and who he was like like that was what engaged me most and I felt like you could have done that in like you know even if you shaved 20 minutes off it an hour and a half you know I I don't know like I feel like I was engaged for most of it mm-hmm. but it just did feel like a really long time mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and not in like a bad way but 
you know, you watch a movie and it's got a very like, you know, you're going from here to here and like these events are happening and mm. you're like following these personalities. But because you couldn't actually like the only way you could get to know the personality mm. was through the discoveries. Mm. And with all the, you know, random mass cat burial sites and, you know, random statues and mm. wooden like coffins and stuff being kind of thrown in there. Um, I was maybe not distracted, but like it could have, I think I would have followed Whitey's story better mm-hmm. if it had have been like end to end. Yeah. Like, yeah. And or, I think that's sort of, yeah. yeah. Or if they had have done like a small series of, you know, documentaries like, okay, you're going to uncover the secrets of the Saqqara tomb. So you do Wati first and this is like end to end process. This is what we found. This is his story. Um, And then, you know, in this other spot, we're going to find the mass cat burial thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and we're going to like uncover like these random things in the hillside and, you know. I don't know. I, I wonder if they felt there wasn't enough around some of those other things. I was going to say, some of those other so, things yeah, weren't yeah. like terribly like, you know, they took up space yeah. and they were interesting. But I don't know whether, like, you can only discover as many cats in a mass grave as you can. Like, yeah. No, <laughs> and, yeah. And I think, like, they sort of didn't feel as significant either, right? Like, mm. you know, the Wati sort of tomb. I was really drawn in by yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. But I do have yeah. a note here that I thought was amusing because I wrote it a few times. What is it? Why does no one in Egypt wear hats? Oh, my <laughs> God. I was looking at, except for that guy with the... Yeah. Uh, no, the, like, like one guy. The, the one guy, and he wears it backwards. I'm like, mate, that is not protecting your face. No, you are. I <laughs> and I, I don't like, know. Maybe it's just because <laughs> hats, hats. Slip <laughs> flap, right? You yes. Have a hat on your head. But the other thing that I thought was interesting was all I could think about was you guys were in the middle of the desert and you were wearing like twenty shirts and jeans. Why are you doing that to yourselves? Protection on arms and legs. I get it, right? Oh, to yeah. some extent. But, like, you would don't have, have to be hot. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's... I don't get it. Yeah. And no, except so for the one guy. And it's a brand name hat. And I don't know the brand because, you know, <laughs> I don't have popular culture. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I was really struck by that too. I'm like, come on. But maybe it's just an Australian thing because there's a yeah. hole in the ozone we get some burnt more easily. We're very, like, cultured to wear a hat. You yeah. need to put on collared shirt. You need to put a hat on. You need to put sunscreen on, sunglasses, and, you know, keep hydrated, whatever, when you're in the sun. I, <laughs> I did wonder, as I watched it, what impact having a film crew on site made to the dig. Uh, so, like, I, mostly I thought about this. Like, like, so the start of the whole piece is quite obviously a staged reenactment of finding a little statuette, right? Like, it's this little scene where one of the labourers, I think it was Garib, is, like, digging in a hole, right? And he stops uh, and he calls for someone and the foreman comes down and is like, oh, what's going on? He's like, oh, it's very dusty down here, but I thought I found something and then they found, like, this little cat statue, right? Yeah, I did not. You didn't think, think it was a reenactment? No. I, I'm pretty confident it was a reenactment. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't convinced it was until the very end. There was, like, a particular way he held up this cat statue at the end where I was like... He's the cat. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I was like, and I think that's a reenactment. <laughs> yeah. But, like, like... 
I did wonder mainly when they were digging the shafts to find the bodies in Wadi's tomb. I was like, would you go smallest to largest normally? Or are you doing that because you're pretty confident his body's in the last one and you got a film crew here and you got to tell a compelling story and hold the audience to the very end? Like, I, I do wonder. I wondered about what the impact, it, like whether it changed things for them. See, I thought that they went from smallest to largest because the first couple are usually decoys. Oh, really? I thought that was a thing. Like, oh. you dig a couple yeah, okay. or you have a crack and if it's not, like, if you hit, like, really hard rock or something, yeah. then you go to the next one. Oh, but I thought, there was, yeah, okay. I thought they were decoy things because yeah, yeah. I thought that in a lot of ancient tombs they had, like, you know like a maze or a booby trap or something to stop people getting in there and stealing your body. So if you left a couple of false, you know, yeah, holes okay. in the floor. No, that's interesting, right? Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. But I suppose I did wonder, like, I'm sure it would have changed some of the things they did or the vibe, right? Like, I wonder mm. if normally, like, I did wonder, like, you know, when they found something, if the crowd around it was, you know, bigger than usual, perhaps, mm. right? Like, or if, I don't know. you know. I don't know. If I was there and I was digging away for 10 hours a day in the hot sun, not wearing a hat, yeah. I'd be pretty excited if someone found something. I also wondered about, like, those super convenient, really well-translated hieroglyphs. I did wonder, I don't know, like, it's oh, the yeah. sceptic in me, right? We've, like, I'm like, we've been looking at this for four this? and a half yeah. hours, we've got our books out, and now we've figured out. And now we're right, we'll go back out we'll go there, back we'll summon the crowd. Yeah. We'll throw a bit more dirt on there, and we'll, <laughs> we'll brush it off with a button. super, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, confident and be able to read it first time. I mean... Yeah, no, that's just me being sceptical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, maybe it's just me being naive. <laughs> see, I didn't think the cat statue thing was a reenactment. I'm pretty confident it was a reenactment. Partly because, it, in fact, mainly because... It was because, quite clean, though, now you but, but, out. Also, but also, events, like the event where they found that cat statue happened before the start of the documentary. Like, as in, it was it was telling you how they first realised they were onto something special, right? Oh. But then it did that thing where it's like, and news broke, they found a massive tomb, you know, and then we came on site as a crew to check this out and, like, track it all. So, like, it was, yeah, like, chronologically impossible for them to have been there for that find, I think. Yeah, I think. okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of getting on board with it now, but, <laughs> yeah, it does, I suppose it makes sense. <laughs> I don't think I was watching it with that kind of critical lens, that's for sure. <laughs> no. Oh, uh, dear. Yeah, no. Not that it, like, I felt like, look, I, my, my feeling about the whole thing was, like, it was a lot of people who really love what they do mm. and really care about what they're finding, right? Like, mm. I didn't, uh, like, I didn't walk away from it like you do with some documentaries going, yeah, there was an agenda there and the yeah. editing and the reenactments and all the sound effects were just there to make me feel like a certain yeah. way like yeah. i walked away from it going no no these guys are passionate about their job oh, they yeah, wanted to sure. like have this chance to continue to find more things mm. you know and so yeah no i i thought like i didn't feel like it was a problem that it was reenacted but yeah. you know i didn't think like I mean, I didn't think that there was any reenactment, but now you're telling me this. I'm thinking, Ellie, well, you're a fool. Of course, they have like done something here. But 
I also thought that the way they told the story of the gods in like those animated like Little you know yeah. kind of like um shadow puppetry but not quite it was like really dark and like the vibe that it carried across with them yeah. I thought really helped me to understand like their belief Great. system and and yeah. the kinds of things and like animated hieroglyphics I thought was like super cool and all like the yeah. the paintings that were like similar yeah. um was really cool and and that kind of stuff too so yeah 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 no i'm with you so yeah no overall i actually really enjoyed it oh so did I, I i feel like to close it out we should probably give it a score out of 10 or something oh okay yeah, so okay yeah. so so to close out how would you rate oh. let me let me find the full name of it how would you rate the secrets of the sakara tomb um, I feel like a 1 to 10 is a hard thing to scale on because I thought that it was like, it was great kind of footage. Like you could really see stuff, like it was really clear. Um, and you know, the addition of the graphics was really good. I really enjoyed it. I, I'm like one of those people that if I was judging a talent contest, I would always give like a, Everyone. an average of a seven. <laughs> um, yeah. I'd, I'm, okay. I'm the nice judge. Okay. Like, well, no, no, yeah. okay, give it, what, what would you give it? Right. Like, yeah, so I'm you looking... can, you can qualify it and give criteria, but what would you give it overall? Yeah. I'd probably yeah. give it an eight. Yeah. Because okay. I mean, just based on the pure level of, of enjoyment that I got out of it. I mean, it was long, but I think that everything they included, like, I wasn't bored. I was just, the only reason I was conscious of the time was because I was so engaged and it felt like it was longer. And I got to a point where I'm like, how can there be 40 minutes left of this thing? (laughs) How can there be 40 minutes left? But, um, yeah, I think an eight. Okay. No, that's that's cool. I'd recommend it. Like, I would, if I was going to recommend it to someone, um, you know, I would, yeah, I'd recommend it. You'd recommend it. No, yeah. no, I think that's good. Mm. See, I'd probably give it a six. I think... I thought you would. It felt, <laughs> <laughs> it felt, it felt a little too long. And, and I think they they did struggle a little holding the tension the whole, whole way through, right? Yeah. Like, and that's not their fault. I think archaeology is a weird thing, right? Like, where yeah. for a pleb like me, it's sometimes hard to see the significance of a finding, right? Because yeah. sometimes it's... The fact that you found lots of little things and they all add up into a bigger picture sort of a thing. But it's also sort of like it's such an academic study. Mm, Like some of the things that are super significant to an archaeologist, right? Like you're sitting there going, great. I now know that, you know, 4,400 years ago, right? Like this thing happened or whatever. But Mm. then you're sort of sitting there going does that impact my life you Mm. know like like what meaning does this have for me Mm. and I felt like they did it they actually did a really credible job of like making the story really human and meaningful Mm. despite the fact it could have been super academic and like here's how life used to be lived back in the before days yeah but but they they didn't always succeed no. And I thought, like, the worst point, actually, was I loved the lion cub thing. I thought it was amazing and it was mm. great. But there was a moment where, the like, the woman who was the lead researcher on that one mm. sort of did a thing where she was like, this is the most significant discovery in, like, 70 years or something like that. And I had a moment where I was sitting there and I was like, I'm really glad you're happy. 
but I don't understand why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I kind of get that. And like when they were kind of at the start and they were kind of going through all the like newsreels and like the snippets and we're like, oh my God, the family's tomb is 400,000 years old. Oh, not 400,000. That is a way, way, way over-exaggeration. 4,000 years. 400. I see how you did that, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. 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 Um, you know, 4,000 years old. I was like, how have I not heard about this? Because yeah. they are playing a very big hype game. And I feel like I, I mean, I don't watch the news all the time, <laughs> but I feel like I'd be a little bit in touch with something like that. Yeah, like I yeah. would have heard about it or someone would have been like, oh, but you see this thing like that. It's some of this really cool thing in Egypt. But yeah. I just, but then going through and like getting to the end and they're going like, we found all these things. This is the yeah. first documented case of malaria. Like, you know, I was kind of like, yeah, this is significant, but. If I had have been more like, you know, this is how we identify bones and this mm. is, you know, very like academic, like I would not have enjoyed it. No, but I agree. They, I think they it was a good, good balance. Yeah. yeah, they did a good job of staying away from that. And, and I think like if anyone out there loves Egypt mm. and Egyptian history is something that they, you know, have mm. an interest in, this is 100% a must watch, right? Like, oh, yeah. I think my six is like mostly dictated because I felt like the pacing was just a little bit off. Like I felt mm. like you could have, you could have, if your time, like if the time had been shorter, like if it had been an hour, hour and a half, mm. the tension would have been higher most of the time. Mm. Um, and I think sure you'd probably have to sort of lose some of the subplots. Oh yeah. But I didn't like, I didn't like, I felt like there were one or two of those you could have, you could have lost. Mm. But yeah, no, I think it was a good watch. It wasn't something mm. I would typically have watched. So I no, feel like, even you know. Even though it makes you 97% and yeah. me an unknown number. <laughs> an unknown number. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's right, that's right. I think yeah. it's actually 98%, right? Like, yeah. Um, so like, yeah, no, I think I think it I think it was it was a good one to roll the dice on. Mm. But yeah. I think what it did for me was kind of reignite that part of me, like the yeah. primary school self or the, you know, former Emily that was like, had all these books on Egyptology and was really into it. And like, I remember this book, it was like amazing, beautiful book. And it had like a great cover. It had like jewels on the front and it had like little pull out things and little pop ups. And, you know, you could open up the little um, envelopes and you could read the hieroglyphics and you could like, it was yeah, like yeah. a really interactive book. Like there's this part of me that it like kind of ignited and I was really into it. I was yeah. like, I forgot that I really used to be interested in this. Yeah. But this has kind of brought me back and I'm like, yeah, maybe I should go and like read like some stuff or maybe yeah. find another documentary yeah. on ancient Egypt. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of No, yeah. and I, I get that. And I think I, I did watch it and I was like I was thankful I'd watched it as well. Mm. Like I walked away from it thinking, you know, like that was interesting. Mm. It really did teach me something. And, and it was a fun two hours to spend engaged with people who were really passionate about something. Mm, like, I yeah. think there's just, there's something about documentaries where the, the subject, like yeah. the people at play just like yeah. have this huge passion for what they do. Yeah. And they were that, super like, yeah. into it. Like, yeah. you could not deny the fact yeah, that they were yeah. into it. And then, like, every time they were discovering something, they were like, they were really excited. And, you know, yeah. at the end when... Um, they're getting really, really close to like packing up. They're like, it's literally the last day. They've got like last few hours yeah. there, 
and they're uncovering these amazing like new unseen things that they had no idea were there and they were like oh but now we've got to go like we can't we can't investigate this more like at that moment i was like but please (laughs) and then i looked and i was like damn it there's only 45 seconds left so the the previous me was like oh i can't believe there's 40 minutes left and i was like no No. i need more I know. I felt like it had been stripped from my hands. Yeah. And yeah. 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 No. No, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. I don't know whether I was necessarily like, when we rolled the dice or got our random number yeah. generator out and when we picked it, I was not totally jazzed. I was like, yeah. I was I was the opposite of jazzed, I won't lie. I was yeah. like, I was, I was like, like, we have okay. the worst, but, <laughs> the but worst actually, thing in the top 10 of Netflix and now I've got to I watch this. Pleased, <laughs> I was pleased by that fact as well because I was yeah. sort of like, if nothing else, if we both hated it, it will generate a conversation, right? Yeah. As it turns out, we both actually quite liked it. Yeah. It still generated a conversation, so that's good. Yeah. But like, there's something about being forced to watch something you just would not touch, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's sort of it's it's an interesting experience, and and like this one to its credit, it absolutely had to climb a wall of me thinking I wouldn't be that engaged with it, right? Like yeah. So the fact that it I comes out very of a six cold. out of ten, right, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. an eight out of ten for you, yeah. means that it is probably better than average. Like yeah. imagine if we'd gone into it feeling warm fuzzy feelings and expecting to enjoy it, right? Yeah, like, and then know. came out and it was only yeah. six, or then oh, yeah, came out and it was only right. like. What's more of a compliment? Like yeah, going yeah. in like not terribly into it and being like, oh, well, I suppose I better watch this thing. And I was like, yeah. oh, it's an hour and 54 minutes. And it's an hour and 54 minutes of my life. I'm never going to get back. <laughs> but now I'm kind of okay with the fact I'm never yeah. going to get it back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. No, I think, I think, job well done. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, well, good right. on you, ne- random number random generator. Random number generator. So yeah. we should do it again, hey? Should I generate the number while you? Yeah. You generate the number. This? I'll get the old Netflix thing up. So, the current top 10, we have a choice of The Queen's Gambit, The Spongebob Movie, Sponge on the Run. Here we go. <laughs> no. Let's not get that one. Oh, it's number two. <laughs> uh, Operation Christmas Drop, Star Trek Discovery. I am not keen about Star Trek. I, that's the one I'd like. Oh. <laughs> um, it looks like a rom-com. It's called Holly Date. Like... It looks like a Christmas movie or a Christmas rom-com. Ghosts of War. Can't decide whether it's fiction or non-fiction. I'm going with fiction. Um, Emily in Paris. The Wretched. Justice League. Dark. Apoc- yeah, I'm going to go with Apocalypse War. Even though I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's not how you spell Apocalypse. And Rogue City. Which looks like another drama film. Oh, no, actually... Sorry, I clicked on the wrong thing. My bad. Uh, Rogue City. It looks like it's a police corruption movie. Okay, I'll roll Netflix the dice. Netflix original. I'll okay. roll the dice. Do we need a drum roll? Yeah. Four. Well, it's not the SpongeBob movie. <laughs> That's a positive. Oh, damn it, it's Star Trek. Yes! <laughs> oh. That's my jam. That oh. is my jam. Damn. I can I can cope with watching an episode of Star Trek. Just one episode. Yeah. It says that there's a new episode weekly, so we've got yeah, that go to look forward to, season, to. Go back to season one and watch the first episode. Yeah. I love Star Trek. 
I can't say I'm I'm even less jazzed about Star Trek. <laughs> I haven't I haven't so okay, so I should I should disclose everything here, right? Like I right. have I have previously attempted to watch the first episode of Discovery, right? So I've probably watched the first twenty minutes of it. Right. I it didn't stick, but I think it was like other life circumstances that sort of called me away and I just never went back to it sort of right. a thing. I um I've never like I've never watched a lot of Star Trek's TV series, but mm-hmm. I have watched all the Star Trek movies. Yeah, right. and in fact, I have watched the original Star Trek series, so it's really awesome. Oh, <laughs> you're going in with a lot of context. Oh, I love Star Trek, and oh. I'm going in with this a great. <laughs> <laughs> great, you love it. I'm gonna hate it. <laughs> you, should, you should just write down all the questions you have, <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll do a Star Trek podcast. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, my mum watches. I don't know, whatever's on TV, they're like doing reruns of some kind of Star Trek. There's a lady, she's got blonde hair, it's about shoulder length, she's the captain. I don't know what her name is. Voyager? Maybe. <laughs> Actually, that does sound familiar. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, Is you know, she's captain really... Janeway? Yeah, maybe. She seems like she's fairly committed. Um, <laughs> and, you know, there's lots of people with, like, all these like special effects makeup on and they kind of got like weird funny foreheads and I'm just not totally jazzed by I'm, it. I'm so excited for our conversation <laughs> just because you're going to torture me. That yeah, you're already just, feeling yeah, I'm already actually feeling. slightly enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I'm going to make a full disclosure right now. I'm not into science fiction. <laughs> <laughs> I could not think of anything worse. My my opposite disclosure, not not a shock at this point, is that it is probably my favourite genre. So I'm not shocked by that. <laughs> um, but yeah, like the closest I get to Star Trek is watching the Big Bang Theory, and the only reason I know anything about Star Trek is because it features in the Big Bang Theory, and I really enjoy that. Sheldon would be proud of you. Yeah, so I'm doing it for Sheldon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, you know, that's another thing that I've rewatched recently and yeah. cried like a baby in the yeah. finale. So, yeah. you know, Sheldon's with me. Maybe yeah. we'll be all right. You'll be fine. <laughs> and look, it's one episode. And it's shorter than the Secrets of the Scar too. So, yeah. like... Well, it will be. It's only 43 yeah. minutes. Yeah. So... You can, you can do it. 43 minutes of my life, I'll never get back, though. So... <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> I will do it. <laughs> but only so I can... <laughs> talk to you about it next, next week, week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome yeah. well thank you everyone for listening uh, and see you again next week see ya bye